Welcome to the One Church Podcast. As you step into 2024, we believe that this is the time to step into the next level in Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4 says, And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. Our Signs, Wonders, and Miracle series will equip and empower you through the Word of God to live a life expecting signs, wonders, and miracles in your daily life. We are not called to complacency or apathy, but called to grow in Christ into the fullness of His power and purpose. Please stay tuned as we go deeper and listen to this week's message. And as I turn our attention to the the word for this uh, Sunday morning, we're starting a series called Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. On New Year's Eve, I shared the word that the Lord wanted to bring to this house for this coming new year, but also for this next season that the Lord wants to take our church. It's based on Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, and, and I shared with the church on New Year's Eve, and I want to share this first Sunday and set the groundwork here today. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. Amen? And God, and God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. This past week has been a powerful week of, as we started Reset. How many of you had the privilege to come out for at least one night or one moment, at least one for Reset? Amen? Praise God. If it's been a blessing to you in any way, can you just thank the Lord? Praise God. Just testify to the Lord and just thank the Lord for what he's doing through Reset. I, I feel like uh, I go for my annual uh, physical I started recently in the past few years because I was scared of doctors and blood draws and all that stuff. But as I got older, I realized I need to go check things out, and my wife would make sure I, she made the appointment, and, and uh, I would just have to go. And it, it usually happens around the fall time, and um, I go for that annual physical and always hear the reports, and they send you on, on the apps now these days that you could see all the results of the blood work, and they tell you what they're monitoring and what you need to work on and all those things. And... When I go to the doctor and when I get those reports, there, there's, a, there's an urgency to that, that moment. Oh, whoa, my cholesterol is here. This is my sugar. This is my this and that, and you need to work on these things. There's an urgency, and in that moment, I feel like, oh, my gosh, i got to change some things. Anyone else feel like that? But as time passes, things kind of start fading away, doesn't it? As time passes, the, the diets kind of shift back to what we're used to, uh, the attention is not as much put on the things uh, that we need to be putting it on. And because I know, you know what? I'll just get everything right about three months before my next physical. Anyone know? I just learned that this year. Like, usually it takes three months to get your blood work back in order to make sure that they breathe in the right place. So, you know. But then the doctor said, you know what? I want you to come back in six months this time. Oh, so that means I really don't have three months to play with or nine months to play with and then come figure it out in three months. You got to be on top of your game in your health in that context constantly. I feel like reset for our church is an annual spiritual checkup that God has planted and placed in the life of our church. 
I wish we could do resets every month. I wish we could do resets. I think many of you would start yelling at me if we did that every month. I, think we, I wish we could do resets every three months and six months, like maybe doctors prescribe physicals. We may not be able to do reset like we see it at the start of the year at different parts of the year in the life of the church. But I hope and pray that this annual spiritual checkup for our church and for our lives would set us up for the rest of our year. That's why we do it at the beginning of the year. That we just get right with God as a church. Even as a church, we need to get right with God. Not just as a people or an individual or a home. Even as a church. And the Lord has been ministering to the house in the past few days. Return to our first love. Get back to prayer. Get back to the word. Get back to the things that matter before God. You know, we can, you know, at the end of the day, let me just share my heart with you. I don't want anyone to tell me, oh, your church has a great building. I don't care about the building. Your church has a great feel and a great look. I don't care about any of those things because those things be torn apart in a flood. It could be taken apart in a fire. It could be gone in a moment. But one thing that will last is a people that is power-filled and powerful and faith-filled with the power and the presence of God. If anyone comes to me and says, your church is growing because God is moving, your people are growing, and their people are on fire for God, that would be my greatest, not accomplishment, that would be my greatest joy. I don't care about a building. I'll take all the buildings that God wants to give us, and I have no problem with that. But I don't live for a building. I don't strive for a building. I don't strive for the tangible things. And because I tell you one thing, it'll be here, and another day it can be gone. And guess what? All these things will fade away. Now all these things already started feeling old to me. And it's just been two years. Some things have already gotten stained. If you look around the carpet over here, it's just two years old and it's already messed up. Thank you to whoever did it. If you look at the walls, there's writing on these walls that were newly painted. And realize, I'm realizing now, maybe two years in, it doesn't matter. With the writing on the walls, with stained carpets, with torn chairs, we can still experience and encounter the presence of God. Hallelujah. In a storefront church in Brooklyn or in an expansive place in Elmont or wherever God has for us, God can do a mighty work, but more than the things, the tangible things, I pray and I hope that this year through this spiritual annual physical, sorry, spiritual checkup and check in with the Lord, that the Lord will touch our hearts, transform our hearts and transform our lives for the rest of the year. And I pray that we would have our own personal resets little bit more frequently. The church can't program it for you folks. The doctor can't stay on top of me and tell me to eat this and eat that. I got to have my personal discipline. If I don't, I got to have people around me to say, hey, you can't have that or you can't have that or you can't do that or you need to do this. Otherwise, guess what? There will be some situations in your life that will force you to change your diet, that will force you to change your habits, that will force you to add some new practices in your life, not just physically speaking, spiritual speaking. Let us never get to the point spiritually that we are forced to get on our knees and fast and pray. Let us proactively fast and pray so that we are never forced to fast and pray. This year... 
every year I try to fast and pray and I'm not great at it and I need help with it at times but the Lord is helping me to do it in a specific way this year and I've never gone to the point of just a full water fast or full no food yet I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the Lord will help me in the days and the years to come that to get to that point but whatever the Lord gives you here's the one thing I want to just simply say quickly say I don't have a, a, a theological message today I just have to share my heart with you on this first Sunday folks Fasting is literally putting aside food, physical food, so that you could spend time. In that time, you would have been eating and preparing food. You're taking that same time in the presence of God. Just because you shut off social media doesn't mean you're fasting. Oh, you know what? You know, my fingers have some muscle memory. I got off social media at the start of the year. I turned it off, and I had it in the same spots on my home screen. I know where Facebook is, and I know where Instagram is. Anyone know where Facebook and Instagram is on your phone? This past week, I told Georgie, I went and checked, hit that Facebook app icon numerous times in the day. It, it's not connected. It's signed out. I kept my fingers on my phone. Where's my phone? My fingers unlock, check text messages, and my fingers automatically went to the spot where the Facebook app was. Literally. I, I told Georgie, this is the third time today. Literally, somebody told me, move that app to another screen or take it off completely. And since then, I have not won, went and looked for that app or hit that. My fingers still go there. There are some habits that we have put in our life. And I, wanna want, I want to wonder, do we have any strongholds or addictions to these things? My fingers automatically went to that spot on my phone to hit Facebook, to hit Instagram. Instagram, I have to do two taps to get to Instagram, usually. And I did those two taps. I went to this box and then I went to the other icon. I'm telling you right now, because you got off social media doesn't mean you're fasting and praying. Let me just correct some thoughts that I've heard over the past several years. Because we got off social media does not mean we're fasting and praying. Fasting and praying biblically means putting away food so that you can be in prayer and in worship and in the word before the presence of God. That is fasting and praying. So that's just a simple definition. Today I want to share with you on this first Sunday, I don't have a rah-rah message. I don't have a, a make you feel good, but I'm, I believe it will make you do good. I want to challenge you, and this is what the Lord kept impressing on my heart. It was, it was coming across in different ways, but it kind of settled on this. Something's got to break. Something's got to break. Something's got to break in our lives, folks. Something's got to break in our hearts. Something's got to break from our minds. Something's got to break. It's not grammatically correct, maybe. It's our New York vernacular. Sorry for those that are checking on me. Something's got to break. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, it reads, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And I want to bring your attention to a verse in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It reads, in that day the Lord will end the bondage of his people. He will break the yoke of slavery and lift it from their shoulders. In certain versions, the King James and New King James, it says, the anointing will break the yoke. 
I kept asking the Lord, why, why do you want me to bring this word on this first Sunday? I want us to experience signs, wonders, and miracles. I want, that's the destination or the vision that I want to cast for our churches, that we have to experience signs, wonders, and miracles. And I believe we've already started seeing some signs in this house over the past week. Many of us were touched with the baptism of the Holy Spirit last night here in this house. Many young people, many elders, many adults, and many that are still hungry and craving. And I want to encourage everyone, be hungry, stay hungry. The Lord is ready to gift you with that Holy Spirit baptism. Amen? Stay hungry for what God wants to give you as a gift. God is doing some things and we're seeing some signs, some indicators. Of the Lord is healing some people. The Lord is re restoring some relationships. The Lord is moving in some lives and some homes. The Lord is doing some things and that we're starting to see some signs. But let us not settle for signs. We want to start seeing wonders and miracles. I just want to share from my heart that the Lord kept putting on my, as a burden was, which I couldn't shake. Many of us, we need to break out of our shells. We got to break out of our, let me make it very simple and plain. We got to break out of our ethnic and cultural shells when we come into the presence of God. We have grown up in cultural churches and ethnic churches maybe. And we've come to say, oh, this is how we used to. This is how I grew up. This is what church was. Many of us come from different contexts and different circles. Many of us don't come from any Christian circle or any church context. And I want us to be aware of the fact that when we come to this house and to this church, we are not just talking about an ethnic church or a cultural church. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And that we don't have to succumb or we don't have to fit into a mold of a culture or some ideologies and thoughts that we grew up with. But that we need to break out of some molds that we have been put into and we need to worship the Lord freely in spirit and in truth. Let us be a church. That we're not just known as this church or that church. Let us just be known as a church. A church on fire for Jesus. A church sensitive to the Holy Spirit. A church that is hungry for the presence of God. A church that is based on the word of God. Not on the personality of a pastor or a few people, but we are based on the word of God. I can be here one day and I may not be here the next day, but the church will keep on going because this is a church built on the word of God. God will send people and like we heard last past two nights, let us be a sending church in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us be ascending church. And that makes us afraid. That makes us, I want us to break out of our ideas of our past pains and our fears. Because we've experienced church and we've seen separation. And you heard me say last, month, last week, there are going to be people that are going to be here and there are going to be people that are not going to be here. And we confirmed, the Lord confirmed that yesterday, the past two nights. Let us be a church that sends people out to expand and advance the kingdom of God. And if the Lord is speaking to anyone, let me be the first to say, come talk to us. We will pray with you. We will give you counsel as the Lord leads. And we will bless you and send you from this church so that you could be used as a servant of God wherever God leads you. Hallelujah. Amen? Don't get nervous. Don't get scared. I see the faces like, what is Pastor C saying? You don't want us here anymore? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. It's not about if I want you here. It's where God wants you to be. 
Does that make sense? It is where does God want you to be? We read about the yoke, and I want to just show you the picture of what a yoke is. Maybe we've never seen that in our lives, but if you grew up in the, on the farm or agriculture, anyone ever see something like this? Uh, let me just for so I know. Anyone ever, raise your hand if you've seen anything like this. This is the yoke. In, in our motherland of India, whenever we visited, we've seen, uh, I've seen this a couple of times when there are cattle or oxen or bulls, uh, and usually it's not just, oh, there's, there are my two friends. Just like this, this is how it's used. It's used like this with a plow to plow the ground. But even in this picture, you see that they've also muzzled these oxen. Not just yoked them together, but they've also muzzled them. The Lord just showed me there's a, there's a people, maybe including myself, that we've been yoked some, to some things that the Lord never intended us to be yoked to. And we may, may have been even muzzled in some areas of our life that the Lord never intended to put a muzzle on us. And today I want to bring just this simple thought and reminder, what is it that needs to break from our lives? What yoke needs to be broken from our hearts, from our minds, from our lives? My prayer for our church in this season is this. It's, it's many things, but this is what the Lord has been just burdening me to pray for. Lord, let everyone experience true freedom and let something and anything break off from all of our lives. That's my simple prayer, folks. Many of us are battling the yoke of comparison. We're comparing our lives today for what it should be. We're comparing it to our peers. We're comparing it to our friends. We're comparing it regardless of what stage of life you're in, okay? Regardless of what stage, you could be a teenager, you could be a young adult, you could be a middle-aged man, you're comparing, hey, my, my peers are here, my peers are there, they have this, that. I want to ask the Lord to break off the yoke of comparison. We need to break out of the fears of our past. And I, let me just also share this, the Lord put this on my heart heavy, and I grew up in the church. I want to ask the Lord. I'm praying for the Lord to break off the yoke of past church and ministry hurts. I've seen and grown up in the mess of church. I have witnessed the messiness of church growing up. I have seen it firsthand. I saw it in my home. I saw it with my parents. I saw it with my grandparents. I saw it for myself. I have seen it firsthand. Those, those things can really mess you up. Those things can really, really mess you up. If you grew up in a pastor's home, it, you may, uh, I, I, I pray you don't, just to avoid all that stuff. But if you are, you are blessed. I'm not, I'm not denying it or I'm not shying away from the blessing I had of being, growing up in a pastor's home and a pastor's family. I am blessed because of it. But it also came with some messy stuff. And I, I, I have cried because hearing what my parents went through. I have cried watching what they went through. I have, I have it, have it. But I also know I cannot wallow in my pity. I cannot stay there because God has a greater plan and a purpose because God can do greater things through each and every one of us if we would allow the Lord to break off the yoke of our past pains and our hurts, especially church hurts. I'm speaking to somebody right now. I'm praying that the Lord will break off the pain of church hurt. 
When Sister Valerie came and shared the testimony of, on our baptism Sunday, me and Sharon went home and said to her, I can't believe Pastor Appreciation Sunday did it. Did anyone else hear that and think about it? Huh? Oh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday led somebody to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of her testimony and her experience, I'm thankful any Sunday. But I'm praying right now that in the name of Jesus Christ, all around this room that have grown up in the church, this is the only church you've been to, that every yoke of church and ministry hurt would be broken off in the name of Jesus Christ. We cannot go any further. Because we, put that picture back up, please. All this... This may be you. This may be you trying to move one way. But this is all the other stuff and all the other junk. You want to go to the right. But this stuff is going to keep you bound to where that thing keeps you bound. You and I cannot go and fulfill our purpose until we are set free and released from the yoke of the enemy. Break off the yoke, Lord. Break off the yoke. We have to break down some... We have to break the yoke of some idols. Church, I want you to see, believe me, I want you to see signs. The vision is this. What is it? Signs. Come on, shout it out. Signs. Come on, Brian Joel, shout out. Signs. I can't hear you. Josh, signs. Justin, signs. Becky, signs. Come on, everybody. Signs, wonders, that's the vision. That's the vision. We will get there. We will have those moments, but we cannot have it with the idols set up. God can't put his hand upon a yoke that we are bound to. God can break it off if we avail ourselves to him breaking it off. Break off the idols. In Exodus chapter 34, 13, it says, he will break down, sorry, in Isaiah 2, 15, it says, he will break down every high tower and every fortified wall. Some of us have even some walls that have been built up in our heart because of all that we've lived and experienced through. And it's been one stack of stone and brick built upon another. And the, at times, you know, a couple of bricks get torn down. But I believe the Lord wants to tear it down at the foundation level. He doesn't want to do a partial work, incomplete work. My God says, if I start a work, I will bring it to completion. Come on, the Lord, you know, at a reset 24, you may have got a few stones broken down. But in February, in your personal time, tear down the rest of that wall. Tear down the rest of the wall of saying, I will not allow myself to get hurt again. I will not allow myself to go there again. I will not allow myself to love again. I will not allow myself to forgive again. I will, that is the enemy at work. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, that those walls will be broken down. That will be broken down because that is the yoke of the enemy to keep us stuck where we are break down those idols in exodus 34 13 instead you must break down their pagan altars smash their sacred pillars and cut down their asherah poles some of us have to tear it down smash it up and throw it out throw it out folks there are some things in our home, some tangible things maybe, some mental things that we got to get some images. What powerful testimonies we heard this week of people overcoming strongholds, addictions, and things that they could not just overcome quickly, but they had to replace with the presence of God, replace with the Word of God. I'm telling you, it's not a quick overnight thing, but the Lord can do a miracle at any time. Break down those idols. Break down the yoke of some cycles. How many of us, don't raise your hand. We're just so tired. I'm speaking to maybe me. 
break the cycle of the routine. We're so bored with our lives. We're so tired of the life we're living. Lord, help me. This is not what we pictured. This is not what we envisioned in our teens, in our 20s, in our 30s, in our 40s. This is not what I thought this stage of life would look like. Break the yoke of the routine. Do something different. If you want to get something different, do something different. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the different results, that's called what? Insanity. You have to stop doing the routine. Change the routine. Change it up in your life. Change your schedule. Change your priorities. Break the cycle of routine. I pray that the Lord will help us break habitual sins in these days. That he would break some addictions over our life. He would break some seasonal issues and some placement issues and generational curses. That he would break the yoke of that in this season. I want us to get to signs, wonders, and miracles. I believe we will, but we have to break the yoke first. Break away also from some ungodly influences. You want to break the yoke? Put it back up, put it back up. You want to break the yoke? You got to break away from some ungodly influences. Break away from the things that you put your ear to. If you got to clean up your Spotify list and delete some Spotify list... Delete it. I'm speaking to people I know. If you got to check your YouTube watching history, reset it. Clear, the, clear it up and reset it. Let the algorithms change where now all you see is messages and worship songs and playlists instead of all the other junk that is coming on your feed. If you're still on social media, I'll probably get back on because I, I, I need to get back on. I found out some things that... I, People told me and I didn't know about it. Even people passing away, I didn't know about it because that's how social media works these days. But you have to know. Break away from ungodly influences. And then there's going to be an emptiness. You feel like, oh my God, what do I do at that time? Just get in here. This is the bread of life. You want to be fed? You want to be strong? Feed on this bread of life. Please. Please, we heard it last night or the night before, return to the word of God. Please. I've been praying, I've been reading and meditating and praying a prayer. And you may have known this, know this prayer. And Pastor Bonnie prayed for our family last night before he left. And he said that same prayer. And he said to go and meditate. And my eyes just lit up. It was the prayer of Jabez. I've been praying that and meditating on that over the past couple of weeks. And the Lord confirmed it. And I was blown away. Get in the word of God and the Lord will speak to you. Not just through the word of God. He will speak to you through your brothers and sisters in Christ. How many of you have ever heard a confirming word through somebody in the church? Okay, raise your hand. Come on, let them see it. Testify, testify. Testify. Come on, lift it up. You're saying it to the Lord. How many of you have been used to confirm something the Lord has been speaking to someone else? God can minister to eat through each and every one of us, and to each and every one of us. But you have to feed on the word of God. Break the yoke of ungodly influences. In 1 Corinthians, Paul admonishes us also, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Look at me. Don't get nervous. 
Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You are not anybody's savior. Jesus is their savior. I'm not just talking about romantic relationships or marital relationships. I'm talking even business relationships. I'm talking also about corporate relationships. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about any relationship or partnership. Do not, I'm, you, can, you don't have to like me. Guess what? I'm not standing before you in heaven. I'm standing before God. And he's going to ask me, did you do your assignment? I have to stand on this word. You don't have to like me or not. But I wish you a happy new year. And I say this, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers in any arena of your life, at any stage of your life, because you and I will pay a price for that. You and I are not changing anybody. You and I are not changing anybody. We are not. I, I want to burst that bubble for a, a generation. We are not changing anybody. We need to have a personal encounter with the Lord on our own. Break away from ungodly influences. Break, away from, break off the baggage. I talked about hurts before, specifically church and ministry hurts. Break away from the pains, the unforgiveness. Break away from the trick of the enemy of you being not forgiving where you need to forgive. That is the lie and the trick of the enemy. Unforgive, I'm sorry, forgive those that have hurt you. Forgive, those, forgive yourself what you have done to yourself. Forgive because God has forgiven you. Please don't be yoked to that bondage of unforgiveness and do not be yoked to the bondage of bitterness. Bitterness will just rot your soul out from the inside out. Bitterness will rot you out from the inside out. Watch your words when you're bitter. It is not who God called you to be. Watch your language and your tone and your behaviors when you are bitter about something. This is not who God created you to be. Watch how you live your life when you are bitter. This is not what God intended for you to be. You and I have been called to, you have been forgiven by God, and you and I are called to forgive by the blood of the Lamb and by the strength that God gives us. Break off the baggage of unforgiveness, bitterness in our lives. We could be broken, but our brokenness does something wonderful in our lives. As you, as you prayerfully identify in your own lives, what am I bound to? What am I yoked to? What do I, what do I need to be released from? I want to tell you, when we are broken, Jesus draws closer. In Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. In Psalms 89, 33, and 34, it says, But I will never stop loving him nor fail to keep my promise to him. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I came here to remind somebody in this place, the Lord will not break his covenant with you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Just return to him. Return to him. Let him break the yoke. When you study the scripture from Isaiah 10, 27, the... Uh, Sorry, in that day the Lord will end the bondage of his people. He will break the yoke of slavery and lift it off from their shoulders. I want to tell you there's versions that say the anointing will break the yoke. When you study the true language, it's not about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is about talking about the oil, the oil, the oil, the anointing oil will break off the yoke, but also bring healing where the yoke left its damage. Hmm. 
That's something we don't talk about often. We want to get the yoke broken off and, oh, we're free. But I, I, I have to believe that yoke left an imprint on that oxen. That yoke left its mark on that oxen. That yoke left a, a mark on the, on the back, on the shoulders of that, on that oxen. That, that's going to leave a mark there. He, that oxen's going to be sore for a while. That, that oxen's going to be hurting for a while until he regains his strength. I want to tell you the yoke can be broken today, but the Lord will strengthen you tomorrow. The Lord will strengthen you tomorrow. The Lord will heal you tomorrow. You and I just don't just hope for and pray for and believe for the yoke breaking off, but also ask for the Lord to bring a healing in those areas where the yoke did its damage. Maybe we're free, but we're still hurting. We're free, but we still didn't heal properly. May the Holy Spirit help us to heal properly and completely. In the presence of God. But I'm also glad there's a blessing in the breaking. When we are broken, not just when the things break off of us, but when we ourselves are broken, there is a blessing in the breaking. I pray that our church comes to a point that we're not going to be worried about who's next to us, who's sitting with us, or who I came here with. That I came here and I'm here for myself to experience the power of God. That I could be broken, I could be raw, I could be real, honest, authentic with, before the Lord, and the Lord could minister to my life. I pray that our church never gets to a point that we all just fit and mold in, fit into the mold, sorry, fit into the mold and say, hey, I came here hungry, but I, I, I pray that embarrassment falls off of our lives. I pray that ashamedness falls off of our lives. I pray that the Spirit of God will break off every feeling of embarrassment in the presence of God. That I'm embarrassed to lift my hands. I'm ashamed. What is somebody going to think? I don't know who the Lord is speaking to, but what is somebody going to think if I lift my hands in worship? What is somebody going to say if I shout a little louder? What is somebody going to think about me if I dance in the aisles? When the other few weeks ago, Pastor Sunil put an altar call and saying, if you want to come and dance at the altar, I was so joyful. A lot of people came, and I found out later, even my dad came to the altar. My dad came to the altar to dance before the Lord. I pray that continues to happen in this house. That we would not just turn this into altar call as a song. That it would be God's great dance floor. Not to do anything else. Not to show our moves or anything. But out of joy in our hearts. Out of joy in our hearts and the strength in our bodies. That we could express our worship to the Lord. Not to break a move. Not to show our moves. But we can say I am like David. I'm more, I can be even more undignified than this. Because of what the Lord has done. Because of the Lord's goodness. The Lord's greatness in my life. The Lord has been with me. The Lord has protected me. The Lord has provided for me, but I believe God has greater things in store for me. Somebody give God a shout of praise. I pray our church, would, something would break off of our church. I pray something would break off of our church. I pray shame would break off of our church. Close your eyes in this place. Lord, I pray his shame would break off in this church. 
Lord, I pray conformity would break off in this church. Come on, ask the Lord what needs to break off in your life. What needs to be broken in our hearts? What needs to be broken in our minds? What needs to be broken from our past? What idols need to be broken down? What baggage needs to be broken off? What part of our hearts is so hidden that no one knows about? But the Lord knows and sees you today. Something's got to break. I ask you this simple question that I want to ask, ask you to ask yourself, literally, what is it in me that's got to break? What is it in me that's got to break? What is it on me that needs to break? What is it around me that needs to break? Thank you for joining us this week on the One Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message and would take a moment to share it with others. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify at One Church LI, or you can find more information on our website, onechurchonline.com. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior, please contact us at info at onechurchonline.com. Here at One Church, our vision is to see Jesus. We exist to reach the one with the love of Jesus and for all to live like Jesus. We want to see Jesus in each other and we pray and believe that there is more for you.